Welcome to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Podcast in Scottsdale, Arizona. We are Christian Disciples in Mission. This coming week, May 30th, will be the 42nd anniversary of the establishment of St. Patrick's Catholic Community. It was uh, be uh, this week that we remember that, and... Um, So in 1980, Father Brian Finland was made the founding pastor. Now, prior to being a priest, uh, Brian Finland was an architect. And he went to school at Collegeville and taught by the Benedictines there in the seminary. He was a priest for a while and was named by uh, the bishop, the founding pastor of St. Patrick's. And that began. And it wasn't an easy time for him. He was pastor for 15 years. And so he begins the process, and in knowing Father Brian and talking with him, and I feel I can share this with you as I presided over his funeral and preached at his funeral, that it was difficult. Not everything was easy. There was resistance from the city. There was resistance from the own diocese as well. And it cost him a real big total thing. But he laid some powerful seeds. That's why as an architect, he helped developed a building now which we call the Finland Hospitality Center. And in it, a lot of times in the Diocese of Phoenix as we grew, people would build what's called multi-purpose buildings. So they would have mass, but they'd have other functions as well. And Father Brian did something unique that most people didn't. Because of his gift, that space, first of all, had liturgy, the mass in mind, the altar in the center, and people gathered together. Not everyone builds that way. Usually it's just a square building and get in there and we'll build the real church in the future. Father Brian, that was his gift. And then you could move things out and have your dances and socials and all other functions that were important in that little building for so many years. You know, it cost him a toll in mental and physical as well. And so in 1995, he went in a different direction in his priesthood and he decided to go into hospice ministry as a Catholic priest. At that time, people really weren't doing that. They only thought about being the parish priest. And you know, he found his gift. Working with the dying, working with families that are grieving. That was his specialty. That was his gift, working one-on-one. -on -one. And it was a fulfillment that even other priests after him would go into that field and say, wow, I can do more ministry than just being the parish priest, but we can be present there. And he really began that. Up the way till his death, he worked hospice and worked with grieving and the dying. He found his gift. He reached that point. And the thing is, not everyone could see the fullness of his gift while he was pastor here. And yet, he reached it in another ministry as he developed and grew. That's what ascension is about. Why are we here to remember that? It is remembering that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. Remember, a lot of us think that Christ is his last name, Jesus Christ. Huh? No, it means that's who he is, the anointed one. And so that's the importance of the fulfillment. Not everyone on earth, while Jesus was there, saw it. They didn't agree. They didn't like. They didn't understand. Oh, you're just a man. You're, you're nobody. 
Remember where you come from, Nazareth. There's nothing good that comes from there. And yet, the ascension reminds us that that whole Paschal mystery, his life, suffering, death, and resurrection, the fulfillment is found in being at the right hand of the Father, the fullness of who Jesus is. That's why the term, my Lord and Savior, comes right from the ascension. And that's why this feast day is important. Because he is Lord. He is Christ. Not everyone saw it. But now it's fulfilled. And one of the beautiful things about this feast, if you notice in our prayers, where the head of the church, Jesus, has gone, we hope to follow. We are to remember our humanity. And in our humanity, we too will have our place. And the fullness of humanity will be found in the day that we are all with the Lord. And even while here on earth, when not everyone sees the goodness of humanity or lives it, we can find our path there. Let's remember our theology because sometimes religion does a lot of damage to people in terms of understanding our worth. Humanity is created to be good, and God found it to be good. We are inherently good. We sin, we fall short, and we don't realize the fullness of our humanity. And that's what we're called to work on. But when people die, when they meet the Lord face to face, Many times the fullness of their humanity is revealed. And that's what we're called to do. So what does it mean to be fully human? That we're not individualistic. That we only don't think about our own opinions, our thoughts, and our lives. Or only choose to love people we feel we want to or we feel we have to because we're related to them. The fullness of humanity means we care for brothers and sisters, that we are part of a bigger family, and that any personal decision we make has a consequence on the entire human family. That's the dignity. People could not see the gifts and the seeds of Father Brian's gifts that he gave to this community that's even alive today. But the fullness was found in hospice, and many people saw that and received the benefits from it. The same with Jesus and the same with you and I. Our humanity is good, but we have to work on it. This week in Uvalde, Texas, we all are very familiar with the violent, sinful act that has caused much suffering for people of humanity. And it's important then to know that something needs to be done by disciples. And that's why I love today's reading from the Acts of the Apostles. That men of Galilee, why are you standing there just looking up? Luke says, get your butts out there. Just don't sit there and go, me and Jesus, me and God, and do your pious, pious stuff. Luke is saying, go, get out there. And so I think that's what the call of discipleship is. It's to move not only from prayer, which is important and central, as Luke always teaches. No one should ever make anything happen without first praying. And Jesus exemplifies that. But prayer moves us forward. And so right now as we grieve, I know that many parents and grandparents, you did not sleep well this week. 
My concern is now that school will be over, we're going to forget and we're going to move on. And maybe that stress will come back in the fall again, but maybe people have moved on. Something has shaken us to the core. This week, we had listening with our staff. On Wednesday, I had to go to a funeral at my former parish, and the staff just met on their own on Wednesday. On Thursday, we moved our staff meeting, and we gave about an hour and a half time for our staff to process, to talk about their feelings about the horrible situation in Texas and in other places. It was important to share. A lot of times, people don't understand the value of listening sessions. They think all you do is just talk and blab and sing kubaya, and then you go out. And sometimes that happens because people aren't ready to do something about it, or they're not given a direction. But listening sessions do lead to action. And St. Patrick's has done that in the past with listening sessions, not just with ourselves, but the church at large and other religious communities. That we've worked on legislation for seniors, for children. That we've made a difference because people found. And now I've been approached by the Jewish community and some Christian communities that want to meet with our parishioners with listening sessions. That's from them. I didn't call them up. They see something of value, and that's a beginning point. But what we've done for you and our staff, and I'm so proud of them, is we put today the beginnings of more resources, but a resource sheet today that you can take home and pathways of how we can respond to Uvalde and other places that give disciples a roadmap of where we can bend. So first of all, when you leave today, there's a table. I hope, I'll be out there, and I hope all of you take one. Maybe you feel that you've got the answers already. You know all the situations, or you feel like you don't need any help. But you and I will run into people who just need something from us. And rather than just regurgitate our talking points and telling, us our, telling them our opinions of what has to happen, maybe we can offer what the word is, compassion. That means to suffer with. And that's a different path for disciples. And so today, the first thing you're going to see on this, of other things we're going to give you in the coming weeks, the Catholic response to gun violence in America. That's a beginning point, to know that we do care, and there's a direction. There's also a prayer that we're going to give to you that maybe you could pray every day. Right now, I have people on the ground in Uvalde who are talking to me and say, they're hurting right now. There's a lot of fear. The press is all over. They can't get out, but there's fear. They're suffering when they hear a backfire from the, the car. They're thinking something's happening. There's tremendous suffering. And for us just to go and pray in church and go, we pray to the Lord, Lord, hear our prayer, and then we move on with our lives, it's not discipleship. That's not good shepherding either. So there's a prayer that maybe you can begin with that. Also, another pathway that we're offering is reaching out. We have talked directly to the parish in Uvalde, Sacred Heart Parish, and they said they are open if you wish to give gift cards for the family, okay? Whether it's from Amazon, uh, Walmart, Visa, etc. And they have confirmed that they will make sure it gets to those family needs. That's one way. Another thing, maybe you want to wait because they've already received about $4 million. But the Archdiocese of San Antonio is working on something bigger. 
that maybe will be even more effective. The Archbishop of San Antonio has been with the people all this week, and they are working on that, and maybe we may want to wait of how we can give you information that maybe you want to reach out in some way, and there's an address to even send a card or whatever you feel that you want to. The second thing is how do we, the third thing is how do we grieve and process? That's important, but how do we talk to children about this? There's a couple of websites that we're giving here, but we've come across a lot more, and I've looked at them, and it's important in how we talk to children. Okay? How do we deal with that and not shelter them, but to know there's something on their level to help them not be afraid, to know they're safe, but also to know there's something that's happening. And so you may not need it. You may already have talked to your children, or you don't think you should talk to your children. Whatever that is, there's a resource for you because you and I may run into people who might need that help, who don't know how to talk, or maybe we can be enlightened a little bit more. The other thing is, how do we speak to lawmakers? That's important. Jesus had just anger, okay? Not just anger that blames people and yells and uses nasty language to people. That's not the anger that disciples are called to. But there can be a just anger. In all my years of leadership, I have never once changed, and never will I will, that someone comes up to me, uses foul language, belittles me, humiliates me, and demands something. I've never changed for them, and I never will. So don't waste your breath. Don't. With anyone, it doesn't work. I coach guys for football. I'm back at Sunny Slope there. You don't yell at them, and they do it. You have to listen and work, but you can have a just anger. And a just anger says, this is not acceptable. And so there are some addresses of some of the representatives. We're going to give you more, but also some examples of what you can say on the phone or in letter or email. Language that's good to say, we've got to talk. We need to move forward. We need to have something happen, whatever that is, because Wherever your opinion is, you are not denied communion. We're all over the place. We all have different opinions. This is emotional time for our church with abortion coming up soon and gun violence and other issues that are just weighing us down and stressful. And to have a just anger is holy. But to have anger that belittles and humiliates and makes individualistic demands is not discipleship. And don't waste your time because you'll never convince anyone. But just anger has because many people who have passion, who've come to me over and over, I've eventually changed my mind because I saw how important. And through their body language and their commitment, I thought there must be something there. And I think the same way can happen. And so please, just be good disciples when you talk to your legislator or the president or senators or whoever. Use proper language, but have a good, just anger. Your anger and my anger is justified, but only in the light of Jesus and the way he does. And then there are some instruments of peace, uh, critical conversations and compassion, some books or some places to go to. This week, we've already going to put together a web page for you because more information is coming right now. And all I can tell you is the person who just recently talked to me, who knows people there in first hand, there's a lot of suffering. Unbelievable suffering. And the word compassion means to suffer with. And that's what we do. And so I thank uh, the staff, 
Megan Popa from Social Justice and Outreach, and our other staff members who have great resources we're going to share with you in the weeks to come. I hope you take this home. And just know that humanity is created to be good, and God finds us to be good. But it's hard to see the fullness of humanity in day-to-day -day life sometimes because we and other people make poor decisions. We miss the mark. We fall short of what it means to be fully human. And the day that you and I take our place next to the Father in heaven with Jesus, that's when the fullness of our humanity will be revealed. And the fullness of humanity is this. We care for one another. We don't think just of ourselves or individualistically. We are part of God's family. That's what being fully human means. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Homily Podcast. We are Christian Disciples in Mission, 